0: Come on, give the Lord one more praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Go ahead and grab your seats. Amen. I just got a text right now that Chris is online seeing us. He says, thank you, Jesus. God is good. So Sister Carol's doing good. They're doing good. Come on, everybody's doing good. Amen. Hallelujah. So God is good. Amen. So we welcome you guys online. Amen. Interact with us today, amen. We're glad you're back. We've been gone for a a few weeks, amen, but we are here, amen, and the church has still been going forward. Can somebody say amen? Praise the Lord. Today I'm going to wrap up our series of Staying Alive, amen. If you have not caught any of them or you missed some, amen, during this time, catch it on our podcast, amen, on Real Faith Radio and catch up the series there of Staying Alive. I'm talking about the church and what keeps the church staying alive amen praise the lord hallelujah we throughout this series we come to understand that the heartbeat of the church is evangelism evangelism amen what keeps the church staying alive is sharing the gospel of jesus christ to somebody Come on, once you start talking about Jesus, amen, come on, it it brings a fire inside of you. Can somebody say amen to that? You know, you start to share the word of God. You start to share your testimony. You start to share what God has done in your life, and things just start to light up inside of you. In uh, In Mark chapter 16, verse 15, it says this, and this is Jesus speaking. He said to them, go, somebody say go, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Mark uh, Matthew chapter 28, 19 to 20 says this, therefore go, somebody say go, come on, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Right here in Matthew 28, this is talking about the Great Commission. Amen. And the Great Commission is to go to all the world and preach the gospel. Preach the good news and make disciples. Come on, it's all about evangelism. That's really the the last things that he said to his disciples is to go, make disciples, teach them, teach them to obey, amen. Share the good news, amen. Go evangelize the world. But we don't do this in our own ability, church. God empowers us to do it. Come on, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Come on, so he doesn't just send you out there without equipping you. He equips each and every one of us to do this and to evangelize and to share the gospel. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says this, but you say, I. Come on, somebody say, I. Come on, you will receive power When the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses, you will be my evangelists, you will evangelize for me in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So here he instructs him to go and says you need to go to all the world, to all creation, amen, and share the gospel, amen. And here he says I'm going to give you the power to be my witness. I'm going to give you the fire. Somebody say fire. The fire that will be inside of you that will share the love of who I am to them, amen, and what I've done for them. So he says, you know what? Go, but you don't go just on your own ability. He says, go, and I'll empower you with the Holy Spirit. See, the purpose of the church is to fulfill the Great Commission. Our mission, our mission statement here at PCLV is to win, Build, serve, sin. Say that with me. Win build serve. Like three people are agreeing with me. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, come on. Come on. Win? Build. Serve. Sin. That's who we are. If anyone asks you what's your mission statement at your church, is win, build, serve, send. This is what we do here, amen. The ultimate goal of the church is winning the loss. Come on, church, how many know it's all about souls? Come on, that's what the kingdom of God, it's not just building our own domain, it's not just building our own little community here. No, it's to win the loss to Jesus Christ, amen. Of course, amen, it involves loving, it involves discipleship, it involves It involves mending, uh, restoring growth, amen, it, it involves serving, deliverance, breakthroughs, uh, so many of the things that happen in the church, amen, but the main purpose is winning the loss to Christ, It starts with souls. It starts with people. Can somebody say amen? Amen. See, there's a lot of things that the church can get involved in. Supporting missions, amen, or having a great program for our children or connect groups and things like that, but it cannot, listen, church, it cannot replace the Great Commission. Our time and energy must be spent on evangelism and discipleship. Amen? This is what changes the heart of a man. This is what changes is through evangelism and through discipleship. It's inviting somebody to church, building through discipleship. That's what brings change to the heart. What's most important to God is not trying to win uh, some type of or some sort of debate over some religious things. Amen. Uh, It's whether the, whether the person is going to spend eternity in heaven. Or in hell. That is the concern, church. That is the purpose. That is what's most important. Amen. It's not winning a debate. Who's right? Who's wrong? No. Where are you going to spend eternity? It's heaven or hell. Second Peter chapter three, verse nine says this. Amen. I, I didn't put that on the notes. Amen. But it says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness, instead he is patient with you not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Come on, that is the love of God. He doesn't want anyone to go to hell. And he sends no one to hell, church. We send ourselves. Come on, he's so patient. He is so slow in coming back, amen. And we're wondering, when is he coming back? Because he don't want no one to go to hell. He don't want your family members to go to hell. He don't want your son or daughter to go to hell. He don't want any of those who are not serving God right now to go to hell, amen. He's very patient, amen. And he wants everyone to come to repentance. The CEB version says it like this. Uh, the Lord isn't slow to keep his promise as some think of slowness, but he is patient towards you, not wanting anyone to perish, but all to change their hearts and their lives. He wants you to change your heart. He wants you to change your life. It's called repentance, church. He wants to save the world. That's how much God loves us. He wants people saved. Come on, not not just your best friends, not just the people you like. He wants to save the world, church. Can somebody say amen? amen? See, we should take advantage of every opportunity to evangelize. Whether it's an open door to share the gospel at work, come on, somebody. Whether it's through answering a simple question about faith, we, say I, say I, We have to jump at the opportunity of sharing the gospel. Come on, that is an open door for you and I. When somebody cracks the door and says, tell me about Jesus, or can you answer this question about the church, or or about God, or whatever it may be, that we should jump at the opportunity to share the gospel to somebody. I love sharing our story. I I love sharing what God did for me personally personally or what he's doing in our church, amen. I, I share it at, at work, amen, and share what happened and what took place, amen. Uh, you know, I was getting a haircut, and 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 uh, Fino used to go to the same place. And so the girl that's cutting my hair starts talking about Fino, and have you heard from him and stuff like that? And he goes, I remember one time that Fino just started to pray for this lady who was going through a season in her life that Fino had no idea, and started just ministering to her right there in the, in, the, in the barber or in the salon or whatever it's called, amen. I call it barbershop, but you girls call it salon, amen, whatever that is, amen. But in the place where you get a haircut, amen. And she was tripping out that she, Fino was speaking things over her that nobody knew but her. And she was blown away. And she said, one, another time he went out there and he was walking out after getting a haircut and stopped and knocked at a window. Of a car and says, "Roll down your window." And started praying for this man who never he met. And started speaking life over him. And he walked into. He goes, "You know that guy?" He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "He started telling me things that, that nobody knows." And she started asking, "What is that? Is it? What? What is that? Is that?" I says, "No. Is it a gift?" What she was concerned. She was asking questions about, "Well, how does that work?" And I said, "That's God." And it is a gift that God gives, amen, but it's a gift in order to share people that God sees their their problems and their situations. And that door opened up where I started to share not only what... How Fino came in, I started sharing the testimony of Fino, how he came in all hard and all this stuff and how God broke him. And then God, God's in the business of just transforming lives, amen. And then I started to share our, our story, started just get a little piece of, you know, what, what God did in my life. So it opened a door for me to start sharing the gospel. I said, next time I come, I'll show you another story. And I'm just going to share and share until they start to hear that, amen, and people start to get saved. You've got to take the opportunity to share the gospel, church. There are many styles of evangelism, testimonial, personal, friendship, but by far the most effective style for winning the lost, amen, is personal or friendship evangelism. Because you are giving at first hand an experience of God's power and his amazing grace to someone. When you start sharing your personal story, you start to share it to a friend, amen. Come on, it it just makes it more more believable because it's coming from you. You're sharing something that happened to you, and you touch the loss. A research on church growth, listen, this is before the pandemic hit, says this. Of those who go to church regularly, 58% began attending church because a friend or someone invited them. Before Rona, it reports that 63% of those who do not go to church say, listen, none of their friends never invited them. A survey taken uh, a few years back says out of 4,000 new new converts, 4,000 new converts, around 70, between 70 and 80% were attending church because they were invited by a relative or a friend. Those percentages today, church, of inviting people, family, and friends have dropped so much. In fact, now church members who were faithfully going before the pandemic hit, don't even attend no more. The survey says that now 33% attend, while 74% watch online. Hi, online. <laughs> and some of them, listen, are not even faithful to the church they were attending before. Actually, the percentage of church hopping is at an all-time high. Because they ch- jump from church to church, church to church, online, like never before. And not faithful to their own church. So what's that telling us, church? First, there's a low percentage of people getting invited to church because there's a low percentage of people attending church. This is a strategy, you got to understand, this is a strategy of the enemy to bring separation of the church, amen, and people. Come on, he's come to bring division. uh, He's come to bring doubt. He's come to bring uh, a separation of the church and people, amen. This is what the enemy is looking at, and he's using this time and taking advantage of this. When the first pandemic started, when this pandemic started church, it was a great idea to be online and to reach those. And we reach multitudes and we reach family members that there are other states. Amen. And it was something to be something for, for just for a moment or a time, not to be forever. That's what the enemy wants. He goes, if I can separate them and just let them go online church members. Amen. Then all of a sudden there's no accountability. There's no fellowship. There's no encouragement. There's no nothing. Amen. You are to your own knowledge and to your own revelation in your own little household what God's word really is. Instead of coming together and breaking bread. Come on. That's what the early church did. Amen. They met together every day in the temple court. They broke bread together. They Pray together. They encourage together. Amen. And I know there's ways of encouragement. And, and we got a string with the guys here of encouraging each other during these times. Amen. But let me tell you, nothing replaces. Amen. Coming to the house of God. Amen. And being encouraged by our brothers and sisters. Amen. And saying, this is my church. This is my family. That's my brother. That's my sister. Amen. And growing together and praying together. Amen. And getting a hold of somebody and say, come on, now, let's pray. We can get through this. Instead of the devil messing with you at your home. Let me tell you, those who are at home, don't tell me you weren't going through mind battles. (laughs) Come on, the enemy attacks. He attacks the home. Now, pretty soon you're fighting against each other. Amen. Come on. I I, I was at home. Come on. It happens, church. Come on. That's a place. That is a strategy from the devil. Amen. He doesn't want you to come back. Amen. Then he starts to put fear and doubt inside of you. He says, you know what? It's safer at home. Just stay home. Is it all right if I preach a little bit? I'm telling you what the enemy is doing in in these last days. Uh, Let me know that we are in the last days. Uh, Come on, and he comes in. uh, He's coming in, uh, and he's coming, and he's he's seeking, uh, and he's prowling, and he's looking to devour the church in any way possible, and he will use a pandemic to help him. Where this pandemic, on the other hand, should have drawn us closer to God. Should have drawn us to sit at his feet and listen to his voice. Because he's speaking. And he's bringing us together. And he's empowering us right now in this time. But the enemy's throwing all the other stuff. And while the world's trying to open up again. Promoting to live by entertainment, a party, having fun, amen. But nobody, listen, nobody's inviting nobody to church. Football games, amen. Yeah, we can go to the movies again, entertainment. But no one's talking about the church. See, people are looking for comfort. That's why many online watchers will not step back into the church. Then there's a lot of people who just feel uncomfortable going to a church service. Come on. Of course, now the talk is, is it safe? Come on, do they have Rona? Come on, is it sanitized? Is it it clean? Amen. Are they vaccinated in that church? I, I, I need to know if they're vaccinated. Well, I'm here... Well, I'm telling you here at PCLV Church, we need to understand the vaccinated and the non-vaccinated are welcome in this house. Amen. Uh, come on, he came for the lost. Uh, come on, he came for the healthy. He came for the sick. Church. Uh, come on, we're not bringing separation uh, of people. You're vaccinated? Well, praise God. You're not vaccinated? Well, praise God too. Amen. Uh, come on, we're here to serve Jesus. Uh, he's not a respecter of people. You're not going to enter the heaven. He's going to say, where's your card? Where's your card? Let me see if you're vaccinated. No. He's going say come on in if you serve him now I don't have nothing against one way or another that's between you there is no right or wrong in it either church it's up to you it's what you feel personally for you vaccination it's not a problem it's not a sin non-vaccination the same thing church but we must respect each other because we serve God together and once we start to bring separation as the government's doing today, amen, then we're saying you're not welcome here. You're not safe here. It's like telling a sinner you can't come into the church. Oh, come on, somebody. We, we've gone wrong if you're, we're painting that kind of picture to the world. If sinners are invited here, then the non-vaccinated are invited here. Come on, he came for the Greek. He came for the Bomberic. He came for, the, for all this, and he came for the, the vaccinated, and he came for the non-vaccinated. Church, we got to come together. It's unity. It's not division. Everyone is welcome to his house. But then there's a reason. There's the people that will walk into the church, amen, it's a little bit scarier to walk into a church that you don't know nobody. Right? Come on, it's kind of, it's kind of a little scary to walk in uh, to a bunch of strangers. and You walk in. and uh, I don't know if you ever walked into a church, amen, or, or been to a church and no one invited you. You just walked in because you want to go to church, amen, and you're like, man, are they going to like me? Am I going to like them? Am I going to feel welcome? Come on, there's some people that i met that has some bad experience in church, even this church. Come on. What? <laughs> Here? Not PCLV. Not Pastor R. He's a great guy. <laughs> come on. Hallelujah. Come on. Some of you guys are laughing because it was you. I mean, hallelujah. No. Hallelujah. <laughs> Come on, we, we all go through that, especially inviting someone that's a stranger to a church, amen, that they know no one in there, amen, it can be a little scary. And because they've had bad experience, they, they had people check them out and look them out because they, they're dressed a certain way or look a certain way and all this other stuff, amen. Uh, so there's some people that feel a little uncomfortable in church service. But if they know you, listen, we're talking about evangelism here, amen. But if they know you, come on, uh, then they have some sort of relationship with, if you have a relationship with them and you invite them, then they can be a little bit more relaxed. Right? In Luke chapter 19, verse 5 and 6 says this. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacharias, Come down immediately. I must go stay at your house today. So he came down at once and was walk and welcomed him gladly. Verse 9 says this. Then he said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham. We must say I must. We must reach everyone with the gospel. You can't just get comfortable yourselves, amen, In reaching certain people. You see, the people started to talk some smack about Jesus when he went to Zechariah's house. Why? Because he was a tax collector. It's like going to the IRS. <laughs> come on, you don't associate with those people. They're bad, they're ripoffs, they're thieves, they're all this stuff. Come on, how many feel good about the IRS? Amen, come on. This was a tax collector. He was considered a a, a thief and a cheater, amen, despite of all the facts uh, that Zachariah was, amen, uh, of working for the government and cheating out people, Jesus still loved him. In response, this tax collector gets saved. Not only him, but his whole household. See, in every society, certain groups of people are considered Untouchable, even in the church, because of their political views or their immoral behaviors or their lifestyle. We should not be uncomfortable or given to society's pressure to try to avoid these people, but look for an opportunity to share the gospel with them. Church, we got to reach everyone. Share the gospel to everyone. Jesus loves them. The one out there, you say, well, they can never get saved or, or they can never change or, or that certain group of person or, that, or the way their lifestyle is and all this stuff. We start doing that, now we're bringing separation again. Jesus loves them just like he loves you. And we need to share the gospel to them just like someone shared it to you. Some of you guys are a little bit weird. <laughs> The weirdos are laughing. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> but thank God Jesus loves you. Amen. And you are welcome in this place. I don't care who you are, where your lifestyle is, who you are, how you dress, anything else. Amen. You're welcome in the house of God. doesn't matter where you came from. doesn't matter what you've done. Man, we can hear some of the testimonies in this house and say, I'm never going back to there. They're thieves, liars, and locked up people. They're crazy. Hallelujah. Crazy people that God changed, that God discipled, changed their hearts. Come on. We have ex-thieves and ex-cons, amen, picking up offerings in this place. Come on. Hallelujah. Don't worry. I got cameras everywhere. (laughs) No, I'm just playing. (laughs) We have to reach everyone, church. We may not trust them right away, but we have to trust God. I'm not saying being dumb. We got to use wisdom, right? But we got to love them out of their ways. We got to love them out of their circumstances. We got to love them, love them, love them, love them, love them. (laughs) Love them out of their lifestyles. Come on, church. We got to be Jesus to them. And things change. Come on. Don't tell me when you first got saved, everything changed on you like that. You stopped thinking like a thief. You stop. No, no. Come on. We, it took time for some of us, right? Some of you guys, God's still working on you. It's okay. You, you're going to make it. Tell your neighbor, you're going to make it. <laughs> You'll make it. Hallelujah. You got to just keep on coming. But things start to change. Amen. We start to change. Oh, that's not, that's not right no more. That's. I can't do that no more. The Holy Spirit starts to change you. God just starts to move as we start to come together, mend together, build each other, restore each other, and understand each other's lives. Because where they came from is just the lifestyle that they came out of. And they don't know any different for some people, church. That's just the way it is. They think that's normal. And so we have to share them, just like us. All of us came abnormal. We We were... we're just messed up people, church. If we can be honest, we're just messed up people. And, and, and God changed us. And God's still working on us. Just like Paul says, you know, I haven't arrived. I, I haven't arrived. I'm not, I haven't arrived. Hey, Amen. There's things within my life that God's still working on. And he's going to work on them to the until he comes back. You know, I, I can't stand here that I'm this or that. I'm not. I'm just a child of God that God's still working on and he still loves Despite of me, despite of my mistakes, despite of the things I say at times, he still loves me. I'm still his boy. You're still his boy. You're still his girl. He's working on us. As long as we can humble ourselves and say, God, work on me. I want to be better for you and, and represent you. Come on. Like I said, we're an ambassador to the kingdom. Come on. We're, we're kingdom material here, church. Come on. We were rags to riches. In the kingdom of God, amen. Just, just the moment we got saved, we went from rags to riches. God erased our slate. God took away everything from us, amen, and made us a child. And invited us into his house, and despite of who we were. And said, you know what? I invite you in. The world may not trust you, but I trust you, son. The world may not see your heart, but I, I, I see your heart we got to look through eyes of God, church, for each other. Can somebody say amen? amen? Just like the woman at the well. She was considered an outcast. Come on. She was a, she was a Samaritan, and people felt uncomfortable with this people group, but not to Jesus. And you got to understand this story, amen, uh, of the Samaritan woman, amen. Uh, come on, people would not even go through that path where Jesus walked. It was a shortcut to where they were going to. And many people would go around to get to the place instead of going through there and running into a Samaritan. Come on, somebody say amen. Some of you guys drive around neighborhoods you won't drive through just to get to your Walmart or wherever you're going, amen. There's certain groups that, oh, I, don't, I don't go through there anymore. Jesus cuts through. Jesus says, I'm not going around. I'm going to take the shortcut, amen. And he runs into this woman, amen, who's considered an outcast, but not to Jesus, amen. Jesus was not uncomfortable with him, amen, with her, amen. But Jesus invited her. Jesus offers her living water. He says, the water that I have will cause you to never thirst again. Come on, somebody say, give me some of that. Come on, I don't know about you, but this, I want some of that water, amen, not to thirst again, amen. And so he starts speaking, uh, he starts ministering to her, he starts inviting her, amen, with the gospel of Jesus, um, the gospel of who God is, amen. And what does she do? She brings forth the people from her city because of her friendship with those people. In John chapter 4, 28 to 30, it says this, then leaving her jar or her water jar, The woman went back to the town and said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I did. Could this be the Messiah? And they came out of the town and made their way towards him. See, the people of that city responded, listen, to an invitation to meet Jesus. Why? Because they knew her. They would not just go on themselves, amen, because they know she knew them. He goes, you know, come and check out this man. Okay, because you know him, I'll go because you seen them I'll go. She had credibility with them. They would never have gone to hear him if it had not been for her invitation. We're talking about evangelism here church. Now I want you to know today that everyone somebody say me, everyone here is a soul winner. You're all soul winners. You're also winners. And we should focus on what works best in reaching the lost church. We see from scriptures and experiences and statistics that personal and friendship evangelism works the best. Now, this does not mean that we, we stop our confrontational. Or we stop inviting people on the streets, amen. That that don't look good, or or whatever it is, amen. That doesn't mean that we don't reach certain people groups, amen. Uh, or we don't hit the streets for Jesus, amen. Uh, or do something uh, for the church, amen. Uh, for an individual, amen. But, but that's because that, all that keeps our fire burning. When you're going out there and you're sharing the gospel, you're passing out a flyer, amen. Uh, you're inviting a coworker to church, amen. Despite of them coming at you, but you're 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 just still preaching the gospel and sharing what God has done in your life, amen. Uh, it keeps that fire burning inside of you and burning for the loss of the souls of those that are lost in this world amen it keeps the church staying alive but if you want to see people lock in with Jesus lock into the church we must focus more on personal and friendship evangelism Every saved person can be used to bring someone unsaved to the church. Every one of you guys can invite an unsaved person to the church. I mean, if we did that this week alone, next week it doubles. Just do the math, amen. If the person you invited unsaved comes to the church, amen, we can double up the church like that just by simply inviting somebody. No longer tagging them. No longer, you know, putting something on Facebook to watch. No, invite them to church. Come and experience the power of God in the church. Let me tell you, online is great, church. But it's only meant to be used now if you're sick. Can't make it in. Work schedule change. Whatever that is. It's never to let you stop coming. To the church. Nothing replaces this. Nothing. Online, I may look ugly to you. You come to church, I look pretty good. <laughs> you can't see that online. Come on, online, they, they, they can't see who came to church. They can't see you guys. But when you come to church, you get to see each other. Hey, how's it going? Come on, you get the hugs. can't get that online, right? Can't hug. You, can hug, you can hug a pillow if you want, but that's about it, amen. But here to see a face, to see our faces, to see each other, amen, to come, to support missions, to have coffee together, to break some bread together. We have some burritos back right there today, amen. Come on, come out and fellowship, amen. You can't do that online, but with yourself. Online people, we're praying for you. We love you guys. We want you to come. See, every saved person can bring someone to Christ. Amen. Come on. You may not be able to witness or preach to them. You may not be able to do it like brother so-and-so or or this or or that person. Amen. No, brother Fino was a soul winner. Amen. Man, you hear about him. I just heard that. He started preaching and he said, man, praise God. God was using him and God, that's how Fino was. Well, Fino was bold, amen. He, he'd go anywhere, amen. It doesn't matter what you look like, what you wore, whatever, amen. use those opportunities to share the gospel, amen. Come on, you may not be able even to lead somebody to a decision for Christ. You may not know how to pray for them, but let me tell you something, church. Everyone, everyone in this house can invite somebody. Just like I told you last week about flyers, amen. You can simply give a flyer. Sometimes you can not even say nothing, go in. Come on, if you get nervous talking to somebody, just give them a flyer. You can, everyone here can put a flyer on a car. Come on, somebody. Come on, you never know what you're reaching for, but we can all invite somebody to church, amen. You see, once you start to minister to somebody on your job, amen, once you establish a credible testimony, I mean, come on, not just saying you were saved one day and backslidden the next day, amen. I'm not talking about that kind of credibility. I'm talking about they see you consistent. They see you faithful to God. They see you going through the storms and battle and not giving up, amen, not causing, not falling back, not giving in, amen. Once they see that credible testimony in your life, on the job, in the school, with our unsafe family, amen, in our neighborhood, then people will start to listen what you have to say about Jesus and how he changed your life. Church, Jesus is coming back. Don't forget that. Come on, don't get so focused on the pandemic. Don't get so focused on, on this virus that we don't focus that he's coming back. Come on, we're so focused. Let me tell you, he can come back, and you'll be so focused here that he'll come and get the church, and you'll miss out. He's a distraction. This is a distraction. Our focus should always be on Jesus, inviting people to Jesus. Amen. Uh, Come on, the gospel does not stop through a pandemic. It should increase through this time. This is the greatest opportunity that you and I have into inviting people to get saved. People are freaking out. Government, inflation, everything that you're hearing, man, come on. We're so focused on that that we're not calling out to God. He's coming back, church. The signs of the times are everywhere. The unsaved will face tribulation, and the Antichrist and the people who die without Christ will face eternal punishment in hell. That's a fact, church. And some of these people could be your loved ones, your friends, and the people that you know. Are you inviting them to church? Are you telling somebody about Jesus? It's not a time for just about you, because it's not about you. It's not a time to try to figure out, I'm just trying to figure out, no, no. It's time to get busy with Jesus. It's time to tell somebody. It's time to reach a family member that you have not talked to for a while. He says, you know what, God, put you on my heart, and I'm praying for you. Come on, bro. How about going to church now? Come on, sis. How about hanging that up and giving Jesus a try again? Come on. This is the greatest opportunity, church, that we have as a body of believers to build his house. And We should take this opportunity because he's coming back soon. And though people in the church, it says many will fall away from the faith. Let me tell you, people are falling away from the faith. Because they're falling away from the church, they'll go online, and pretty soon they're offline. It's the truth. Because you can, you can only stay so saved online for a while, church, before the devil starts messing with you. So that's his strategy. Get them out of the church, think they're connected because they're online, and pretty soon the fire dims down and they're backslidden. It's the truth, church. I'm not saying all people, but there's, there's a big percentage that people will fall away if they don't get back into the house. People have their own understanding of what the gospel is because all they're doing is trying to talk to themselves in whatever, whatever they're hearing because they can't ask questions here. Church, here we can, we can bring an understanding. Here we can talk to each other. Here we can study the word together. Come on, somebody. It's, it's coming together and building, encouraging. This is what we need to do. And the enemy's trying to bring all that. It's, it's a strategy. You've got to see what's going on in the world today. Now, I believe, and I said this before, I believe that God sent the church home in the beginning of this time because the church was not right. And the church needed to be alone with God. So he closed everything down. I think it was the governor. It wasn't the governor, it was God. Took entertainment away, took football away, took all the stuff that we were drawn to. To get us in our homes together, because okay, so now you got all you got is me. Come on, they come on. The programs ended, your series ended, Netflix ended. It was all just a bunch of garbage in there. Amen. Like, oh man, I've seen this before. Nothing fresh, nothing new. To get your attention, and say, you know what? Sit at my feet. Get me back into the house. Make make your house a house of worship. And if we didn't catch that church, then we missed it. But we weren't meant to stay home. We were meant to come back and fight it through. And we had learned. Come on, have we learned? I said, have we learned? We have learned and grew, and God has been so faithful. We make mistakes, yeah. Mistakes are still going to be made, church. But God's the God of covering up our mistakes. Even through this last thing, God covered us with grace, and it was just so amazing to see our church come together and pray for each other. And now we pray for others. You know, we've lost some good friends. We lost some people. But in the world, you're going to lose, and we're going to lose people, but we have a blessed hope. We know where those people are at. <laughs> they want. We fight through church and we come together and we encourage one another. Let me close with this. Second Corinthians five ten, it says this for we must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due, what is due us for the things that we have done in the body, whether good or bad. When all this is said and done, church, the bottom line is, where's your heart with God? You coming every Sunday does not save you here. You paying your tithes every week does not save you. You volunteering on certain ministries here does not save you. It's your relationship with God that saves you. And then on top of that, His amazing grace that we don't even know where that is. We don't know where that boundary is. God is so gracious and so loving that he doesn't want anyone to perish, as I read that scripture before, but everyone to come to repentance. He gives us time to get things right. But all of us, including myself, including my wife, are all going to stand before God, and we're going to have to give an account of our life to him good, and bad. Let's keep staying alive, church, by doing what we ought to do and what we ought to be doing. And that is to tell somebody about Jesus. It's about inviting someone to church. This is the greatest opportunity because this is the preparation of the last day revival. And God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit once again upon all flesh, sons and daughters. And it's coming, church. But He's preparing His bride. He's preparing us, taking inventory within our lives, getting rid of some things. There's stuff I need to get rid of. I don't know about you, but I do. There's stuff inside of me that I say, God, I can't have that. I need to get rid of that. How about you? God's preparing us, church, that we can be used effectively to win the loss. Start sharing your testimony again. Start sharing what God did for you on a Sunday morning. Start sharing what he's done to you on a conference. Start sharing what he delivered you from and what chains he's broken in your life. And it reminds you once again how good he is, that will bring a fire inside of you, that will help our church stay alive. It just gets you excited when you talk about Jesus and when you see it affecting and touching somebody else's life. Because sometimes your story may line up to their life that will help them out of their situation. Because if they can see the change in you, then now they can have hope in themselves that God can change me too. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Let's all stand up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is so good. So worship team comes up. Amen. If you're in this place today, I want you to bow your head, bow your eyes, close your eyes just for a moment. For those on Facebook Live, amen. Hopefully I didn't lose any of you guys. Amen. But but if you're still with me, everything I'm ministering is from the heart because I love you. God loves you. Amen. And we can't wait to see you right here in this house. But if you're, you're watching me hearing me online, amen, if you've got to speak to you, I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads right where you're at.